I think the real crux of the issue here is this wobbly table. <laughs> yeah, if we get a permanent table situation. Or one that weighs like more than eight pounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should I do the welcome to Curious Church? Yeah. Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. We're back. Hey, everyone. Hey. It's been a little bit long this time. There's There's been a delay between our recordings. Ah, it hasn't. But, we're fine. But, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. We know that you missed us. We have released at we least missed... one every month of this year. Wow. So we're consistent. That's a huge accomplishment. It's already summertime. Yeah. You know, feeling outside. Kids are winding up school. Yep. Aaron's adopted warm. the affectation of drinking <laughs> from a mason jar. <laughs> You can't see this, but Aaron's drinking out of a mason jar. There's ice cubes. There's two lemon, a lemon cut in half, put in there, and then a limp, what, a tea bag or Mm -hmm. a black tea bag, whatever. But how many beverages, like how many refills will that lemon be good for? Will you keep drinking out of that? Oh, lemon! I'll lemon that lemon. But we should note that he did not bring one for Matt or for me. I am parched. I am (laughs) so parched right now. Thanks, Aaron. Well, we're. So I actually, I didn't feel bad about that, but now I kind of do. <laughs> last week, last time you brought coffee, and th- I make my beverages. Yeah, yeah you brought, brought coffee, coffee last time in a thermos. Just you shared for me. some. No, but you shared some with uh, me. Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just remember, there's three of us. There's three, not not just two. Next time. <laughs> well, we're glad that you've joined us, and uh, and we missed you guys. We know that you missed us. How That's do, we, assuming how a do lot. we miss them? Hey. We, don't, we don't necessarily even <laughs> know who most them. of them are. I miss them. Well, I know that there are at least five of them because you forwarded some reviews. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, people that's have been true. heeding our, our, our cry. But you know what? Request. We used to have, I used to have this. I don't know if you have this, but people would come up to me, especially from Granite Springs Church, and tell us, hey, we love the podcast. I haven't really had that much lately. <laughs> <laughs> no, There's just kind of been silence. <laughs> so I don't know how to read that. Well, that might be on us. Maybe particularly me. Getting our releases out a little more slowly. Oh, yeah. We need to build up some momentum. Some summer steam. Yeah, we need summer steam. Yeah. Oh, let's get it steamy in here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Didn't mean in that let's, way. Let's, <laughs> let's podcast from a sauna. More a 19th century <laughs> yeah. like steam engine. A sauna. Uh, <laughs> no, but we need to heat it up for the summer. All right. Know? So do you think people are dropping off? They're just not listening anymore, or they they're just kind of in the in the groove. They don't feel the need to. Well, I know say my anything. dad listens. I th- I think what's happening is people have realized how much they love the show around episode seven, and realized yeah. I would like to do a twenty four hour binge listen of just <laughs> podcasts. So I think they're saving, so saving them up, up. Okay. episodes. So yeah. we're gonna have to produce a lot more content for those people. I imagine that's most that of makes our total listeners. Sense. But you know, yeah. I listen to I have some various podcasts that I listen to, and. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't know if you have this, but it's like, there's one podcast I listen to, it's just two guys, and they just talk about, you know, they talk about sports and they do other things, but I just enjoy hearing them talk to each other. And it's kind of weird, it's like I get to listen in on their somewhat private conversation, of course they're podcasting it, but it's really like them in a room talking, and it's somehow like, I like listening to them talk to each other. Isn't it weird? No, I think that's totally why podcasts are getting popular because any yahoos like us can just sit in a room and <laughs> pretend and talk like just other. talk to each other. And I have podcasts that I really like because I just like I feel like I'm just in a conversation even though I'm not 
contributing <laughs> to it. To the yeah, like I feel observer. like they're my because they're my ears. You know, if yep. you have earbuds in, if you like, oh, these are my friends. You know, like I know them, and but they don't know. It me. does feel like if you met them on the street, they should know you as well, right? You know, like some right. of the people you listen to, you they should so be like, "Oh, Matt, like yeah. I talk to you every week." You know, <laughs> so so Aaron, so you feel like these people are your friends? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> They're the only friends I have. <laughs> I feel like Sam asked that question just to get that line. <laughs> yeah, I well, can't think of anything. I'll be your friend, Aaron. I know no. some of our listeners would like to be your friend. Maybe they feel like they are your friend. Yeah, because of the hmm. same dynamic. Yeah, even and though some of them probably actually are my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I also just want to acknowledge that some people hate just listening to people talk. Yeah, yeah, you think and, so? But I'm not worried about those people because they've already skipped over all of this. <laughs> well, they tried us. So. Yeah. They listened to one episode and heard us talk about apples. <laughs> and they're like, nope. They're not, not if they're me. not listening to hear people talk, what are they listening for? Yeah, Just the music? That's true. Just, <laughs> interludes? Just the little bumps. <laughs> I know my dad listens, so I want to do a shout out to my dad. And I think my yeah, mom Mr. Gutierrez, too. I don't know who I got to meet. Yeah, yeah it was great to meet yeah. you guys. And he's, he actually gave me a piece of advice. He said, you know, the 35-minute podcast is just about perfect. Ah. So sometimes we get a little long, 45 minutes, I think even 50 minutes. We just released a 50-minute one. Yeah. Whoops. I know. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, there was, I think, 15 minutes of what was the ridiculous thing we were talking about for 15 minutes? Well, we talked about apples again. We talked about apples again. Too long. Oh, did we? Was that the uh, one before? Is it possible to be too long talking about apples. I don't know. But mm. anyway, so we'll try to keep it to 35, but no promises. Yeah. I think we should do, uh, maybe the way to steam it up this summer is to do a podcast on location. So we'll do it from like Starbucks or we'll do it oh. from, we'll do it out in the grass <laughs> or, or we'll do it in the woods or something. <laughs> so if anyone wants to donate a three mile extension cord to us, <laughs> we can do it anywhere. <laughs> We'll go up to Tahoe, we'll find a wooded area, and we'll podcast from there. And we'll invite anyone who would like to, (laughs) anyone who would like to, uh, you know, come to our live recording in the woods. Yeah, they can join us. They're not allowed to say anything. (laughs) We will not give them a mic. We'll tweet out longitude and latitude, and (laughs) you can find us wherever we are. (laughs) But that'd be a way to add a little, you know, a little excitement. A little steam. Yeah, a little steam. All right, we're going to do a little segment called My List. Are you feeling listless? Here, have my list. And today we have Aaron giving us his list. Oh, hey, everyone. <laughs> uh, and the way, hey, this, the way let me let me describe the way this works. Okay. So Aaron's going to give us five things. Aaron's going to give us his top five things. I don't know what he's doing today. But number one is his favorite thing. And number five is his least favorite of his most favorite. Is that true? Or is he putting more structure on the list than should be there? Yeah, I think I can do whatever I want to the list, can't I? Well, I don't I think know. The segment is literally just my, my list. list. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, a list of five things I don't like about <laughs> Sam. <laughs> that would never happen. Would never. On a there, spectrum list from things exist. I don't like to things I like. all right what's your Uh, list okay my list is uh with summer coming up five my five top childhood toys outdoor toys okay oh so as as you were a kid when i was a kid these are these were from what i can remember my top five favorite outdoor 
twice. And this is your least favorite. <laughs> of your most favorite. Yes, that's true. Okay. <laughs> okay, number five. Actually, might change the order from what I thought of earlier. Whoa! I don't know if you can do that right now. Number five is Super Bowl. Do you guys know what Super Bowl is? No. Nope. Is I should when, preface is this, this. I should preface this list. You by probably didn't. Saying, did you have any friends back in? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this just you playing with a ball and you called it a Super Bowl? <laughs> my friends were the people who listened to my podcast that I did on a tape it recorder. Was throwing a ball, a baseball, really high in the sky and then chasing <laughs> after it to catch it himself. <laughs> Good <laughs> job, Aaron. Yeah, you too, Aaron. This game's awesome. Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 a super ball is just a little Are you oh, take, like a bouncy ball? A little bouncy ball. Oh, okay. I think we there was they were somehow yeah, yeah. at some point That's branded right. super ball, but it's okay, this yeah. dense little rubber ball where like if you bounced it, it lost very little energy uh-huh. on its way back up. Oh. And it, like so if you like were in a enclosed room like this, I know it's an outdoor toy, but if you threw it against a wall, it would like yeah, bounce all the place, and then eventually probably hit you in the eye. Well, or, yeah, or in the tooth or in the ear. Or Any good childhood toy yep. involves some risk. Some sort to of your, uh, okay. Personal. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Aaron's taking applications for friends right now. <laughs> so if you'd like to send in your application, if you do like Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl experience required. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> I should back up and preface this with these. These are you know, this could be generational stuff, but also it could be like I was. A, I grew up uh, as a boy. Still, I'm a boy. <laughs> now a man. <laughs> so other people's list might be different. You already knew that. I didn't have to go back to say that. Okay, number four. Um, uh, Tonka trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. So we had a sand in the berry. sandbox. In the sandbox. In the sandbox. And then we had. Um, I had some of the big ones, you know, yep. like dump uh, truck or whatever. Yeah, and yep. I remember for uh, my birthday, I got one that was a, a steam shovel where you could wind mm-hmm. the string up and make it like clunk down in the sand. And oh man, that's that was, pretty good. That was great. You can spend wow. hours in the sandbox mm-hmm. playing with Tonka trucks. And I did. And water moats. Did you ever go to mud. like the the playgrounds that had? Like the big ones that you could sit on, like the machine yeah. where you could dig, you know, and you're oh, like pulling yeah. levers. Those yeah. were always awesome. Too. Yeah. I yeah. thought I saw you on one of those the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the playground. No, when I said, did you ever, I mean like last week <laughs> did this. So. I drove by a park and I seriously thought I saw you out there. There's just a line of kids behind me, but there I am just pushing them back, <laughs> building my castle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, number three. Uh, went out of order a little bit. Okay, number three, Frisbee. Yeah, okay, Frisbee rock. Classic. I yeah. uh, love, I still do love best. a Frisbee. Frisbee's the best. Yeah. Um, when you're a kid, it hurts your hand to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to kind of learn about that. But uh, Did yeah, you have a dog frisbee. growing up that you would throw a Frisbee to? We had a dog. She wasn't into Frisbee. Hmm. No. Yeah, I always thought that's so cool. Like I've, when dogs. Yeah, I've never actually owned a dog, but in my mind's eye, frisbees and dogs go together yeah. really well. Or like you ever see these commercials where the dog will jump off someone's back to yep. catch the frisbee or something. <laughs> that's like so cool. Yeah. Or into a lake or a pool or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh well. Our when our current dog was a lot younger, she used to be really good at catching frisbees. Oh actually. really? Yeah. Oh. So hmm. we'd do that. Uh, number two, another classic kite. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I've always the liked kites. I never had like really expensive, fancy ones, but uh, like a dragon kite. Or yeah, a... yeah, just a dragon kite. 
bunch of string. I did lose a kite one time. It was like at the end of the string. I don't remember if it broke or like got pulled out of my hand, but it just was really floated away. That was a good wind day. I guess. Yeah, did you ever have uh, one of the stunt kites with like the two handles? Have you ever flown one of those? I have. Yeah. yeah. Not not a, a super huge one because yeah. some of them can pull you across the yeah. sand at the <laughs> beach or whatever. Yeah. But the stunt kite's a perfect thing like to do if you don't have any friends. <laughs> right? Because there's... It's like you're kind of doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like you could and have maybe another. Some, maybe someone's gonna like come along and be like, "Hey, what are you doing flying yeah. that awesome stunt kite?" And then you're like, "Hey, I don't know. Do you want? Do you want to turn? Maybe." I'm not gonna say it's not a great way to meet new new people. <laughs> Everyone wants. Aaron to know had a about very lonely kite. childhood. I don't know if you're picking up on this. We're gonna people, but... we're gonna rephrase this list to five five childhood things that might help you get friends. <laughs> <laughs> You have to have the cool toy that everyone yeah, wants to play Super with. Ball, kite. All these are kind of solitary. Well, you Frisbee. Know. Well, fr- Frisbee. But you play through it to yourself. <laughs> I, I did get good at that if you throw it into the wind. <laughs> uh, mm, okay, what am I on? Number one. <laughs> Number one. What's your top? My top is... Slip and slide. Another solitary oh. adventure. <laughs> this I do remember doing with friends. I, now I'm starting to doubt if they were real people. <laughs> You're like throwing your dog down the slip and slide. <laughs> throwing frisbees down there. Rolling the super ball down the slip and slide. <laughs> drag him down the slip and slide. Oh, good idea. Yeah, that would be cool. Slip, slip and slide would be great. Yeah, it's like 10% marketing. And ninety percent actual substance because it's just a long plastic sheet. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a long garbage uh-huh. bag. And then it's a sprinkler, but you probably already had a sprinkler. Yeah. But you didn't have the banana shaped sprinkler. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was right. specifically for the slip and slide. So, but yeah, we get that thing wet, and you'd never stay on the plastic. You would always go off into the grass. But uh, yeah. it was fun. I'm going to rise to Aaron's defense here and say slip and slide is definitely a communal activity. Doesn't have I, to. I be, don't though. think. I don't think you get the slip and slide out just for yourself. Maybe you did, Sam. But. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, I think. I'd like to give Aaron the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. So he probably That's had at good. least one friend. <laughs> How do we start talking about that? I don't know. I was always. I was. I will say. I was happy just by myself as a kid. Hmm. I didn't need a lot of people around. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Did you live changed. in the woods? <laughs> but I could have <laughs> and been happy. You know, I liked being by myself too as a kid. I, did, I never really got lonely. I'd like to draw, you know, draw in my sketchbook and listen to music. And, right. But it's kind of ironic that we're talking about this on a day, on a podcast that we're going to talk about membership. Like, <laughs> one of the most communal things <laughs> we're going to talk about. Aaron had no friends. Sam liked being alone. Let's talk about people a, together at the church. If you want to be a part of something, don't yeah. bother. <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for your list. It was very, yeah, yeah. very entertaining yeah, and a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was very sad. Yeah, I, I, felt sad. I felt a little sad about the yeah, whole thing. I feel like Sam's reading of your list. I felt bad for was you. Was a sad well, reading. When I was but... making the list, I had really positive memories. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. I, an, it I was, was waiting fun. for you to mention um, Jarts. Oh, jarts. Is that yeah. how you said? I have That's no a, idea what that is. Jarts? This is a reference jarts. to something we talked about the other day. Not on mic, but do you remember the giant darts, lawn darts that you'd throw in the air? I'd never heard of this. No, but I remember, uh, what was that thing? Froby? Frisbee? Froby? Shroby? 
Araby. <laughs> no? I know. Orby. 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 Remember, it's like this uh, rubber ball with these like tassels on it, and you tuck it in the air. Oh, you throw it to yourself. Yeah, Orby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I had a friend. Oh, that's good. His name was Orby. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Orby. <laughs> so? Uh, Orby always said yes when I asked him if he wanted to play. <laughs> Orby was the best. He was the best friend. Oh, we are. Okay. Hey, we're going to talk about membership today. Membership in Which we guarantee will be exciting. This is going to be exciting. It's yep. going to be very steamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, membership in a church, not just membership. Because you can yeah, be a yeah. member of... We're going to talk about place. Costco membership. Yeah, Costco. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to price out the different memberships. And what's the best value for your dollar? <laughs> New angle. But we're going to talk about church membership and... You know, I think a lot of people, I don't know, maybe you guys can chime in, but, you know, I think people, I don't know if this is a North American thing or whatever, but people are kind of weary of joining. Weary. Yeah. Scared. Yeah. Fearful. Yeah. Um, anxious about becoming a member of a church. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that started because I don't think, you know, in my parents' day, it was just assumed that that's what you do. You join a church, you become a member, and there seemed mm-hmm. to be not as much anxiety around or caution around that idea. Yeah. But at some point, I don't know if it's a generational thing, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sure about this whole membership thing. Right, right. There's a sense of commitment that people, that I think can scare people off. Yeah, maybe it's that. It's, it's also something, you know, I mean, we often talk about the person walking into church for the first time and what they think. It's also something that's just not talked about a ton in a lot of churches, right? Mm-hmm. If you're that person walking in, uh, you might not even have any sense that this is a place that has things called members, yeah, right? Yeah, you might yeah. think, okay, well, I'm here for Sunday morning. People come here. The same people maybe come every week, and that's kind of some people help out. But like, might, you might not even be aware that there are kind of – that the church has historically used sort of labels like this to talk about a group of people. Yeah, I also think that the modern church is so – um, scared to be exclusive yeah. because they want to, there's, there's a sense of either you're in or you're out when you, when membership becomes official. And I think, hmm. I think the hospitable thing to do with every church, and I think this is a good in- instinct is for us to say, no, you're all welcome. You're all part of this family. Like as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's this other, there's this other step uh, that we again, Matt is, is downplayed. I think in most churches, but and I don't know if I don't know if it's um, yeah, I don't know if people are just um, well. There's this big idea that if I show up, I'm participating, and that should be good enough, or that is that is maybe all that is needed. But I think the church, you know, has always said no. There's kind of a there's a sort of a formal. Kind of, a, and maybe this is our culture becoming less and less formal. Hmm. That we don't feel like there needs to be these, you know, definitive steps. And I think, I think, Aaron, you're right too. Like our ch- our our church culture and culture has been, in general, has become hypersensitive about excluding. 
Mm-hmm. So we're all welcome. We're all amazing. We're all superstars. Mm-hmm. Everyone's included. No one's excluded. Mm-hmm. And so then the church takes that and can sometimes feel like, ooh, now we don't know how to do membership because that feels exclusive to people. That mm-hmm. feels inhospitable. And I think the impulse is really good. Like a lot of churches that start church plants, they think we're not going to do membership because we want to be welcoming. Yeah. We want to be hospitable. We want to be, you know, we want to be really open towards everyone. And we feel like, if we engage in a membership process, people are going to perceive that as being exclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Like, well, I, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if we can move to right to what's like if like if I'm a regular attender. Say I've been coming to Granite Springs for two years. I'm involved in various ministries. Um, I I give regularly. I participate in worship. Um, who? What's what's in it? What's in it for me? Like, why do I take? Why? What's? Why do I take this step? What's? What would? What would change? What's different? What's better? If I go through this membership process. Well, I think Granite Springs. You know, and every church is different. So if you're listening this morning and you go to a different church, I'm not sure what your church does, but Granite Springs over its 25 years has always had some sort of membership process, I think. And, and, and that very thing that you asked, like, what's in it for me? So that this idea, and I don't think you meant anything by that, but that's how often... No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how people view membership. So like, if I sign up or if I become a... Like, what are the perks? What are the incentives? Well, I think a more fair question is why. And maybe what's in it for yeah. me isn't quite right. But, but, but like, th- like, what's the difference? Why? Well, like, but I think, so kind of playing off of that is like, you know, Kevin will often say this from the front. Pastor Kevin will say, you know, membership often means, well, you know, you get a preferred parking spot. And you get yeah. special access to this and this and this, yeah. and you get to do these. So membership has its privileges. Membership has its perks. But in the church, we always say that membership really um, is all about serving. Membership is all about, um, it's not about perks. It's about, um, you know, picking up your towel and washing feet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think in some sense... The answer to the question in a in a lot of church traditions, especially when we're talking about, say, Protestant church traditions, right? When you're talking about Catholic context or Orthodox context, there's a lot more often wrapped up in membership, which they might not call it membership, but joining the church, right? I've had a number of friends who have gone from Protestant traditions to Catholic traditions, and that's like they're sort of cleared markers then in their lives and the process that they go through to enter. But largely in Protestant churches, it's often like one day you're not a member. Like I think about my own membership here at Grant Springs. One Saturday, I wasn't a member. I went to a service, was given a towel, and now I was a member. Kind of nothing about what I was doing changed. So then the, the why question, I think, is really relevant. In some sense, nothing changes. But I think... Um, you know, our Christian life is marked up, marked by so many practices that um, are simultaneously symbolic and do something, right? So, like, I think the sacraments are great in this way to think about. They So, if you think about um, the Lord's Supper, we have bread and wine, which in some sense are symbolic, but they're also doing something. Uh, 
even as we eat and drink, we remember them as Christ's body and blood. They're also doing something to us. I think membership might kind of have a similar function. It is in some sense a, a symbol. It's a way of saying, um, yeah, it's a, it's a representation of your being in this community, but it's also doing something. You're committing to the community in that aspect. And I think another way, you know, Sam here was just installed as a pastor here at Granite Springs. And, um, you know, you had that, that installation was in some sense kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd already been job, functioning as You'd already been functioning that way. Things didn't change the Monday after you were installed. Um, but in that moment, there's a, there's a sense of calling and it's sort of the symbolic moment in which we have you on stage. There's also a sense in which it's doing something. Now the congregation, you know, you are given a charge to care for us in a different way. Our posture towards you, I think, subtly shifts in healthy ways. Mm. Uh, and I think membership might do some of the same thing, sort of when we commit to the community in that way, it begins to rearrange our sort of status um, I don't mean that sort of like in terms of inside and out, but it rearranges the way we are relating to one another. And it's a way of saying like, I am here as part of this community and committed to it. I'm committed to I'm it. Here. And that's good to kind of formalize that. I think that there, there's some sort of, there's some sort of step or some sort of ritual or some sort of like line that is crossed to say, Hey, I show up every Sunday I serve, but I would like to kind of publicly in a, in some sort of formal way, tell this congregation, you know, I don't know how different churches do it, but we have people stand up in front and tell them, I'm committing to this group of people in this mm-hmm. particular location, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if things get, and in some sense, what membership does is like, you know, through the life of this congregation, through the ups and downs, through the hard times and the good times, I'm committed to you and you're committed to me that we're doing this together. We're doing this life together. And I'm not just at the first sign of trouble going to go to the church across the street. Like I am, I'm here. Yeah. This is my, in some sense, this is my spiritual home and I'm committed to this place. I'm committed to you. That's one of my favorite um, pieces of that, a public membership uh, in, within a service is when, when the congregation is charged because it's, it's a, it is a two way street, right? So if you're committing to the church, you're also asking the church to commit to you, um, so I like that piece of it, but there is there is I, uh, like you said, I think the sense of a, a public situate like to do this. It's one thing to if you're just in an office and you sign the paperwork, or the, it's the it's the public, it's the engaging with the whole congregation in that public sense, kind of like a wedding. I mean, there are parallels uh-huh. to that too, where mm-hmm. you could live with someone and be committed to them for years, and everything seems like you're married, but um, that final step is important yeah making I mean, a public commitment yeah public you can commitment. imagine like in the wedding analogy i like this like um the wife like in a wedding ceremony says her vows and the husband says like i'm not going to tell you what my vows are but i'm just going to continue to act like i have them it's like there's something missing there right mm. like it's like no like you need to you need to say something you need to make that verbal commitment like even if you are acting in complete adherence with whatever your vows are internally, like say them, say them out loud. There's something right. we, we place value, I think, and rightly so on saying things out loud. I'm reading this book right now um, by Pope Francis, the name of God is mercy. And he talks, he's talking about confession in the context of these couple lines. I just want to read. Um, so the Catholic practice of confession, but I think there's actually some analogies to um, 
membership. He writes this. Um, he says, confession, I might even put in membership, has deep significance because we are social beings. If you are not capable of talking to your brother about your mistakes, you can be sure that you can't talk about them with God either. And therefore, you end up confessing into the mirror to yourself. Confessing, he says, to a priest is a way of putting my life into the hands and heart of someone else, someone who in that moment acts in the name of Jesus. It's a way to be real and authentic. We face the facts by looking at another person and not in the mirror. I think there's like an interesting analogy there to membership. If we're not willing to commit to one another, uh, Francis might say, we're not going to be willing to commit to God. Hmm. There's a way in which our experience within the church is supposed to build up and mirror and help us live into our life of faith. And if we're sort of not willing to make those steps, uh, we might struggle to make those steps in other areas of our life. I just think that's kind of a helpful, he's obviously talking about confession here, but I think that's actually helpful framing to think about membership as well. Mm-hmm. And kind of along those same lines, just I think membership kind of, it kind of like, it formalizes and kind of spells out the relationship between like maybe the pastoral staff and the congregation in the Mm. sense that like when there's an agreement made, the conversation can be a little bit different. Hmm. It's like, there's certain conversations that you can have like, Hey, you're, you're a member here. You've committed to this group. Let's talk about, let's talk about tithing or let's talk about serving, you know, like not in a way that we're going to make you feel bad or anything, but it's like, as a way of discipleship, as a way of following Jesus, it's like we've made a commitment together. Now we can have conversations based on that mutual understanding of our commitment together. Mm-hmm. But when you never make the formal agreement, <clears throat> there's you, always an escape hatch. Well, yeah, like there's that. an yeah. escape hatch, and it's like, well, let's talk about you know, you know, where you're serving in this congregation, and people are like, well, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't, I'm not really a member here. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it is an escape hatch, and it's like. And that, I think that formal some somehow committing to each other and being accountable to each other, I think that scares people. I, I, I really do. But I think membership is really meant to free you up, just like marriage too. Those commitments is meant to kind of free you up and for love to kind of flourish within the bounds of kind of a commitment. So say, say more about that. How does it free you up? Because I don't think that that's certainly not an intuitive idea, right? So like if you're telling me that I'm freed up to serve... Well, that doesn't particularly sound like freedom. You're telling me uh, I'm freed up to have a pastor come to me and tell me I should tithe. That doesn't really sound like freedom. So when you say it frees us up, unpack that a little bit more. What What's the nature of that freedom or how are you thinking yeah, about freedom there? That's really good. I'm going to let Aaron answer that actually. <laughs> well, I had some ideas brewing around because I know what you mean, but it's, it's a little bit hard to put into words. Yeah. It's almost like it gives you, it gives everybody a language to speak uh, or some, like it, it allows everyone to be a little bit more honest with each other because I'm not, I'm less mm. scared that you're going to run off uh, if I, if I know that you have made a public and serious commitment to the church. I like so that. I can have these, I can have these harder conversations. I don't have to be walking on eggshells quite as much or, or whatever. Mm. That's that, just my, that that's right. my stab at There's it. There's a, in other words, the freedom might not be as much individual as relational, right? Like yeah. there's a space that we're creating in which there's more freedom for us to explore and grow together by giving up sort of our desires to just say, hey, I have the freedom to escape whenever I want or like you can't tell me what to do because I'm an individual free agent. When we actually say, you know what? 
I'm not going to be like, I'm going to transfer in some sense, my individual freedom to this group so that I can contribute to the freedom of flourishing as a group of people. Maybe that's where the freedom then mm-hmm. begins to reside and we find ourselves there. And I think from the, from the member's perspective, that freedom comes from knowing that I'm, I'm in the door. I'm not, I'm not always, I'm not just kind of have one foot out the door. I'm, I'm, I'm fully in. And I, I think that again, with, with parallels to marriage, uh, if you are, are committed to a marriage, there's so, there's so much less you have to worry about, hmm. I feel like. Yeah. There's people coming back to you, right? Like, because if you're giving, if you're giving up your freedom, there's also people who are giving up their freedom to support yeah, you. Yeah. And, right. It's and, not like this is, membership. In other words, sometimes we might think about it as like you process into membership as an individual, but actually like it, it's actually like you process into membership and other people process towards you mm-hmm. as a member. And we're meeting sort of all the members of a place, unless you have a place with one member, I guess, but uh, broadly speaking. Like me growing yeah, like, up. Like Aaron by himself, <laughs> member of his own backyard. Uh, but in general, like you're moving towards people and people are moving towards you. Yeah. I think, you know, we could go on and on about membership. And I think there's a little bit of sense of like, we're talking about membership, but we're also trying to figure out membership. Like, I think, I think there's a sense in the room that like, we're trying to make sense of membership and maybe our listeners too are trying to, trying to figure out what membership looks like and, and how does it function in a church context. And so maybe we'll have another discussion about membership. Well, this is we're we're a curious church, right? We don't have answers. We are curious about membership. More questions. Yeah, no, definitely curious about membership. But I will say I'm pro membership. I'll take that stance. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like an interesting part. You know, last, last time we talked about spiritual formation and we talked a lot about spiritual formation as a journey and yep. like, pro- and then there being particular actions that help us sort of open up yep. and say yes to God. It actually seems like membership fits as potentially one of those. It becomes actions. a, it becomes a faith in some, in some, some real sense for a lot of people, it could become one of those kind of faith markers along the journey where it's Mm -hmm. like, that's when I, that's when I officially, when I became a member of whatever church, that's when I officially committed to a group of people. And that can actually become a very cool spiritual marker in your life. Well, well, we've run out of, when you hear Sam say, well, you know, (laughs) we've run out of words. (laughs) We've run out of good ideas. Yeah. We've run out of smart things to Consider say. joining your church today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, consider it. Well, I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us.